Heine P, Heine P, Heine P. Greetings from the land of 11 nations, or as everyone else calls it, Wisconsin. Uh, I'd like to thank those of you who spend a couple of minutes with me every week on my little excursion into the interweb through this vehicle that I call Chipotle. Uh, if any of uh, one of you would like to reach out and shoot me a comment, ask a question, or just uh, cuff me about the head and shoulders, you can reach me at manikakseek at gmail.com. That's M-A-N-I-K-A-K-S-I-K at gmail.com. Um, one thing I've noticed the last couple of weeks is that there has been a spike in listeners. Now, I'd like to attribute this to the quality of my writing and sparkling personality and my rapier-like wits. Unfortunately for me, after looking into my recent podcasts, I realized that this is the quality of my guests and what they have to say. So, going forward, I see a winning formula. More guests and less writing. Got it. Um, I'm putting forward an extra podcast this week. Because of the um, extraordinary things that are happening up there in Black River. Um, A couple of things happened. And they both concerned Spectra. So I kind of thought that it was um, important for us to try to get a little information out and share it with the nation. Um, A decision in Ho-Chunk trial court upholding an injunction filed by President Whitey against the legislature... Uh, Spectra, of course, filing suit against the Ho-Chunk Nation in Jackson County for breach of contract. And the court case, all the materials being made public on a website. Um, I saw it at um, Facebook. Jeez, uh, but it's Edwina Waters. That's, uh, if you follow, go to her. And she has all the relevant information right there for you. So I've invited um, Dan Brown and John Warner to uh, explain to me some of what's going on. So let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody. Um, I have uh, John Warner and Dan Brown with me tonight, and we are talking about uh, something extraordinary. Uh, we had a press release today, and um, Dan, I was wondering if you could uh, kind of walk us through what happened today. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, really, really odd times here. Um, and I guess one of the things I wanted to do for the listenership is just to sort of frame this a little bit real quick. You know, President White Eagle has been, you know, during his term of office, has been you know, working really hard at, you know, establishing the this, the separation of functions in the in the Constitution where it pertains to the legislature and executive branch. And what we have here today is a, is another one of those examples where, you know, it looks like legislature overreached. Um, they 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 you know tried to uh, take a a lawsuit. Uh, Spectra went to uh, went to Jackson County, filed a lawsuit, and. Uh, and uh, the president had legal counsel, and the legislature intervened and basically tried to uh, try to take the case over. And uh, the president uh, filed an injunction, a preliminary injunction, with the court, Ho Chunk Nation Court, and uh, Honorable uh, Judge uh, Joanne Jones 
ruled in favor of, of, uh, of the president, rightfully so, um, citing the Constitution, separation of powers. Um, I thought it was extraordinary, too, in that, uh, you know, they tried to get uh, his counsel uh, to, to not be able to represent um, when, in fact, there's a, res a legislative resolution, um, 923.14J, that allows uh, her to represent in instances um, uh, similar to this. And uh, the press release indicated, oddly enough, that, you know, at no time had the legislature ever intervened um, and, and uh, had they ever taken a case over like this. And so I guess it begs the question, you know, for me, for you, and for all of our uh, Ho-Chunk Nation listeners is why? Why would they have done something like this? You know, to me, it's it's really become a it's become an issue, particularly when legislators, you know, kind of throw throw around these buzzwords of transparency and their fiduciaries, and uh, I, I just find this to be highly highly irregular. Well, I think one of the uh, more interesting things on the if you look on the bottom of the um, suit, it basically one of the things that they uh, the legislature said is that well we control the purse strings. So therefore, we can decide what gets done. And to be honest, that's pretty embarrassing for a legislative body to talk yeah, like well, I, that. I think not only is it embarrassing, but I think, you know, they, they keep on tripping over themselves when they when they establish various laws. Like I just mentioned, you know, 923.14J is a resolution that allows for this sort of thing. Um, the, the legislature told the president, well, you didn't ask for permission. Well, he doesn't need to ask for permission per that resolution. And so for them to intervene into this, into this particular case, that was, uh, you know, that, that was an issue for the executive branch of the government since the, you know, since the signature of that specter contract, for the legislature to suddenly intervene, I don't know, it becomes, it becomes a little suspicious in my mind. So are we paying for both uh, lawyers, sets of lawyers, are uh, the legislature and the president at this time? I would, I, I would I would imagine at this time that we are um, the lead, so the attorneys that answered in the Jackson County Court is Quarles and Brady they're a well-respected firm out of Madison uh, their client is the legislature and uh, I believe it's uh, Drobnik that represents the president so those are two different law firms representing two different branches of government and each one, these are uh, very renowned legal, you know, uh, firms. So I imagine we're paying a pretty good penny on that one. Okay. So know, this is just this is just a race to see who's going to represent us, basically, and we're sp wasting money on this. You know, and I'm not so sure that it's a race. You know, quite frankly, this is a this is an issue that derives out of the executive branch of the Ho Chunk Nation government, plain and simply. And so, again, we go back to the question, why would the legislature feel so compelled to intervene and to actually, you know, just push the president aside on an executive branch issue and decide, you know, that they want to, you know, defend the case? To me, it's, again, it's, it's extraordinary. And, and I think, you know, it, it's suspicious. Well, can we go into uh, uh, legislature's motivation at this time? I mean, because it seems... Like you said, really strange. Why, why would they do this? Well, for, for me, my perception, so there was a, a general counsel resolution put forth by, uh, I believe it was Robert Funmaker, that was in 2019 general counsel, where they wanted the Spectre contract release. 
um, to the to the from the legislature or from the president to the legislature. Um, there is a court case that brought in tribal court. Tribal court. The court case was uh, put forth by Dave Decora, and in a sense, the court said, um, "No, you don't have any standing. You can't represent general counsel." And <clears throat> if the if the president wanted to, he should have already uh, released the contract. Um, but if you go even further into the case, the legislative attorney, Mike Murphy, actually told the court that the legislators already knew all about the contract. So the reason that Robert had brought the case up or brought the issue at general counsel was at, at repeated legis legislative monthly meetings, our legislators were constantly saying, we don't know nothing about this contract. We don't know what the, what the president has done, what the executive is doing in this process. Um, so that, to me, means if they if they're feigning ignorance, they know everything. It was probably all done in an executive session. And quite frankly, uh, I did have a conversation with uh, past EDOB, uh, Dave Greendeer, and he had actually expressed it. Yeah, I've already talked to the legislature, and they were all on board with this contract um, several times in executive session. So maybe they're trying to hide what they do know or what they. Uh, allowed to happen and they're just trying to cover their proverbial tail how long has this been going on what's what's the time frame on this is anybody know uh, well i just real quick i want to say it was like 2019 it was a february 2019 when is when specter you know started in over at uh, the dells and i might be wrong there because obviously i don't manage there but i, I you know what we can't forget in all this too is the president is not authorized to sign a contract in excess of $10,000 without legislative you know, authority. So somewhere along the way, there had to have been a resolution that authorized his signature. So, you know, for the legislature suddenly to have, you know, sort of, not suddenly, but back then handed it off to President Cleveland, who signed right before he got out of office. And for this to be then a executive branch issue all through this time, you know, for the legislature now to intervene, it's extraordinary. Again, I keep saying that, but, you know, there's knowledge there as to, you know, to John Warner's point just now, there's knowledge on their, on their side as, as far as what are the, you know, what were the particulars leading up to the signature of this contract? And I believe they're suing for over $3 million, 3.256, I believe it is. Who, um, because President Cleveland wouldn't sign that document on his own without, having somebody uh tell him what was in the what was in the document so who um who gave him information on this does anybody well, that, that I, now presumably of course i don't know you know i wasn't there um but you know as far as how things generally work then his business department would have been the ones that would have advised him that this is a good idea he would have had his attorney general who also would have vetted the or vetted the uh, the contract um so there, there's a number of people that that would have presumably, you know, reviewed this contract and then provided him the information that yes, sir, you know, this is a this is a good contract, and uh, you know, you should go ahead and sign, sir. So I, I can add a little bit of light of where it came from, only because I was able to get into the contract. So in the complaint that was submitted to Jackson County, they provided. Um, 
a letter from attorney uh, Eric Circle from DOJ uh, speaking to confidentiality. And then it, there's also a contract route cover sheet that was attached to it. So it looks like um, it was... The contract was brought forth by Rob Reeder in the Department of Business at the time, so he would have been Chief Operating Officer. So he's the one who advised President Cleveland on this? You would presume. Okay. All right. So now we kind of know where it came from. Um, so basically... What is the motivation then for the legislature to try to grab this case? Is it just to keep this information from being made public? It's hard to say, Shelb. You know, one of the things that down in Madison, you know, we, we kept it out of our facility. You know, I've been hearing some not so, you know, uh, savory, uh, uh, gotten some unsavory information from um, Wisconsin Dells folks. And, um, of course, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of discussion in the community um, about how much we were losing over there, and you know, I couldn't speak to that, but certainly there was enough momentum, um, and I thought enough, uh, you know, enough information for for me to become very concerned. Um, and you know, one of the things that 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 was particularly concerning to me was the idea of uh, of our marketing dollars, because I had heard from the Dell's property that you know one of the provisions of the contract was that our marketing dollars would go straight out the door, straight out to Spectra. You know, corrections straight out the spectrum. So, what happens in in, in marketing in a, in a gaming facility is the marketing dollars um, provide for comps. So, comps to the guests. So, we might comp them, you know, food. Um, and, and what would happen then is we comp them. Those are real dollars going to the food and beverage outlet that we operate. And so, what was going on with you know? So, we have something of of an internal economy, if you will. You know, there, we recycle money within the facility. But in the case of Spectra, what had happened, what would, what was happening, which really concerned me because it runs in the tens of thousands of dollars, is that our marketing dollars went straight to Spectra and Spectra pocketed the money. So that to me was extremely concerning. Um, and I know there were other provisions, uh, you know, no, they didn't pay any rent space. They didn't, uh, you know, there was, there was virtually no expense to them. And that was very concerning to me. And I was absolutely adamant that I would not allow them into the facility. And you, know, you can speak a little bit to the other, you know, the, the other provisions of the contract. So, so the whole contract was in, in pretty, uh, it, it wasn't at our disposal. A lot of the questions and, you know, information was unknown to us. Uh, we were listening to a lot of the information secondhand. We weren't able to get it. Uh, even Dan didn't have the contract, um, when it was being trying to be forced down his throat, uh, we actually were, um, you know, fighting in the dark to try and, and keep them out because I had done previous uh, three bids for other administrations for outsourcing and had known how these contracts work, and it generally is loser across the board. Dan, uh, Dan didn't have the contract. We didn't have the contract. We had just heard what was going on. And a lot of the other things that were implement, implicated are, you know, uh, Spectra gets to buy whatever they want. They could buy, use any firm for purchasing that they wanted, and we'd have to pay. They would take over all our liquor payments and our inventory, our equipment, and whatever they did, we just had to pay. And that's what's really so sickening and sad. So if we're already losing 
uh, half million to a million dollars at the Dells on food and beverage, well, it would be compounded by additional fees associated with the outsourcing and, and management by Spectra. Can I and, interrupt here? Sir. I, just wanted to, I just wanted to ask a question real quick. What, what was the motivation for bringing Spectra in? I mean, how did they get a toehold into the tribe's uh, gaming facilities? It was uh, Project Fort. Can you explain? So, yes, this goes back prior to uh, uh, Marlin's uh, uh, administration, and it goes even deeper into uh, almost all the way back to John John uh, John Greendeer's presidency. So when we were trying to present, we being the Department of Business, and we've talked about you know how this has transpired over time. Um, we, it was a community reinvestment plan when I was in Department of Business pushing it forward. The thing is that we kept presenting these projects all the way over, but the legislature themselves would come back and say, you guys are asking for food and beverage venues and outlets and hotel. We want you to, we, those are losers. We don't want to spend money on it. You need to outsource this. You need to fix it. You need to fix your customer service. You need to fix your, uh, uh, your the way you do business. Or you need to outsource it, and then we'll consider approving this uh, this project. So through John John's uh, uh, administration, it was denied. And then as he was moving out, it turned into Project Forward. And then that's when legislators started cherry-picking all those projects. And then that's when the Department of Business and uh, Robert Mudd came in, and they selected Ovation. And then that's how Spectre came. This is not just an overnight contract. This is probably three administrations worth of dealing with Spectra. That help? That helped a little bit. I mean, you're showing me some history. Can you explain? There's a website. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. It's a Facebook page, Edwina um, Waters. And I've looked at it, and the contract is out there. And to be brutally honest, I can't read a contract. So I'm just wondering, maybe you could help me um, or help us um, go through some of the points on this contract. What makes it such a bad contract? Sure, I I can start. So uh, as we talked about earlier, we didn't know what was going on. And it's a good thing we didn't know what's going on because if we had seen this contract, holy man. Basically, uh, why is it bad? It's bad because there's no control by management. There's no uh, there's no measurables or benchmarks to assign to the to the vendor. It's a completely one sided contract, and it's sided towards Spectra. We cannot do anything to increase uh, our, our our operations, and they have if they lose money. We still have to pay for it. If they don't make improvements, we still have to pay for it. And it's clearly evident that they don't have to pay for uh, uh, health care for the employees. They can hire and fire. And they don't, they say they don't have to follow the nation's law, but, you know, that's what this case is going to bring forward is say um, whether they did or not. There's, I could go on about the fees. Um, Dan has a few things. I see him jumping up and down, ready to say something. So, what you know, Dan, throw it in before I talk the radio. 
No, no, actually, John, you're doing a heck of a good job. And, and those were some of the things that were really concerning to me when I was, I was, I was getting information from actually some of the, the uh, coach on gaming, Wisconsin Dells employees, you know, who, who were, who were just saying, you know, that, that the, even the product that we were buying, you know, we, right now the Wisconsin Dells property is, is touting this buy local thing, and, which is great. But, you know, I question where was that? Where was that when, when uh, you know, when Spectre was there? Spectre was getting their, you know, their product out of Chicago, a place called U.S. Foods. We've got a long 20-plus year relationship with Cisco Food right here in town. And, you know, to me, it just didn't make any sense. I talked to some of the people that are saying that the product was overpriced, you know, that we just continued to, um, you know, they even talked to the management and Spectre management and casino management, and they told them to just be quiet. Just be quiet. Let this go. This isn't something that's your concern. You know, concern management, you know, F&B management were just so concerned about the fact that this was going south really fast. And the product was just, again, it was, it was, it was priced way higher. The quality wasn't any better. The service wasn't any better. It, it, you know, overall, it, this, this just was an incredible boondoggle from what I understood. So, in addition to that, the contract that we're looking at, besides all the stuff that we said we couldn't do, unfortunately, we took their contract, and we real—I don't believe we had the operators that had the savvy to really understand what it meant. Um, so, it's their contract; they provided it to us with their specific language and terminology. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what was uh, who the actual uh, negotiators were. It doesn't say who was, but I would assume that it would have been Rob Reeder as the chief operating officer and or the executive director of business. Um, so, you know, the first contract, and, and, and people need to also understand, there's actually uh, the main contract, which was brought into Wisconsin Dells, and then an addendum created after the fact. Um and we got to see that portion of it late uh, when we were trying to fight them completely out of our operations. But uh, that addendum included Nakusa, Madison, Black River Falls, and Wittenberg uh, as Spectre taking over. So we were able to um, fight to keep Spectre out of our operations, thank goodness. Um, but Spectre went into Black River. Spectre went into Wittenberg. And our understanding for those from those operations, it was not um, it was not very beneficial for their existing operations. But you know, Dan can kind of probably add a a, a little bit more to that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's that's we just kept hearing that from the other facilities that it was just you know wasn't going well. The other problem was, you know, there was no there was no information provided about their performance anywhere. I go to you know I go to monthly finance meetings with the legislature, and it just was always extraordinary to me that there was really no information being provided regarding you know Spectra's performance. There was generic, yeah, well the quality is better, you know, but in terms of numbers, there was nothing and there was nothing ever produced from the business department that would indicate that, you know, hey, you know, the, this, these guys are doing super well. So we need to do this at the other facilities. I think they'd been in there for like maybe four months and suddenly it was decided, you know, rather knee jerk, I thought, to you know start expanding to the other facilities. 
I even asked, I said, can I please see a performer? I want to see pre-Spectra and while Spectra's there at these facilities. I want to see that information before I allowed them in my doors. And they were trying to force their way into my doors. I let them know, you're not coming. Not until I've seen something that's going to prove to me that you're going to do better than what we were doing. We're already operating in a black. We have no, no need for them. You know, the other facilities, I can't speak for them. You know, that they let them into their, in their facility. Um, you know, maybe they just felt, you know, political pressure, pressure from, from business. I don't know. But the absence of information coming our way was just, you know, it was just stark. It, it was, you know, just a complete absence. How much money, um, basically, were, was this uh, lawsuit taking out of our pocket? Does anybody, has anybody done a, a cost analysis of this? Uh, to my knowledge, to my knowledge, that I don't know that anything's been done. Um, certainly, you know, I would urge, you know, the the president, the whole Chuck Nation president, Marlon White Eagle, to go ahead and and do just that. Um, I think it'd be very, very wise, particularly now that we have them um, filing a lawsuit against the nation. I think it'd be super wise. I think it'd be good just in terms of transparency, you know, to let the people know, you know, whoever whoever negotiated this one-sided contract, you know, to have the numbers speak very specifically and loudly to the results of this. And to, to add to add a little bit more fuel in there, thank goodness President White Eagle was able to terminate the contract under force majeure uh, during COVID because we were still accumulating bills from Spectra during our shutdown. Uh, so that need, but, if, we were but, like, this, uh, if we were to lose this uh, court case, would Spectra not only get uh, the 3.265 mil, but would they be allowed back into our facilities? Boy, that's a great question. That That's for the, you know, the judicial to decide, but, uh, you know, that would just be an absolute tragedy. I, and I got to believe that when the facts come out, you know, in this case, that, you know, I, I just can't see that. I can't see that being a possibility. I, I just, I cannot see that. Shelby, let me let me tell you the scary part about this three point two six five million dollars. They were in three of our operations. They operated from February till um, I believe March. So they were almost a full year in operations for us uh, at the at the various sites. They kept all of our revenues, all sales that occurred on the casino floors and food and beverage venues. They. Uh, they got to keep. So this $3.6 million is in addition to the revenue they already kept from us to pay their bill. So obviously they didn't make enough money to cover their expenses. That's the scary thing about this, this contract. And, and just to add to that a little bit, you know, which, which you know, brought, you know, brought about a bit more fear and concern was, I was executive director of business all for, you know, a, a five minute time period, but I did have an opportunity to go down and speak with the CFO and the, and the EM at, at the Dells. And at that time, um, I actually walked into the, uh, one of the, the, the food outlets and they were, they were doing some measurement and doing some spec work on a, on a renovation and which is fine. But when you consider the fact that we would have been the ones paying for it, Spectra would not have. Now they might may have been making the recommendations, but we it would have come straight out of our pocket. To John's earlier point, they didn't pay for anything. They didn't have to pay for anything, so they could bill us and they could just you know wind up reaping the benefits of whatever they were doing. And who knows what vendors they were using? It, it just all the way around just was a really 
really bad deal. I just wanted to um, finish up here real quick just by saying that um, with the um, injunction, what does this uh, what does this do for us? What does this do for the tribe in terms of spectra? Is this going to keep us out of Jackson County? Um, their court case. What what happens now? So, so I can give you a general idea what's going to happen or what we predict is going to happen. So, because of our sovereign immunity, we haven't waived that yet, and all of our contracts hold that we have uh, uh, original ju- or we have the jurisdiction in our judicial. So. Are, I would imagine that the, the attorneys are filing a dismissal from Jackson County to get it into tribal court. So that it'll move from Jackson County, from them suing us in Jackson County to the uh, them suing us in tribal court. And that's a scarier thing of that's why it needs to become public now, because our legislature or pre- anybody could ask to, quad- to uh, put a gag order on the uh, court case and we won't. We won't know the particulars. We won't know the discovery of how this contract came to being, the facts of it, and or all the other touch points that are so you know important in a case. All right, uh, Dan, you got anything else to add? You know, I guess you know for the listenership. You know, I think one of the things that I, I, I just want to reemphasize is you know I, I've, I've heard a few times that you know this this you know friction between the president and the and the legislators is you know, a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. You know, the keeping, keeping this, this, you know, keeping people in their lane, as the president says, is extremely important. And I, and I want the candidates out there um, to, to realize that this is something that's really important in terms of upholding the constitution. It's going to be part of their jobs once they're elected. Um, and this is an issue that, you know, this kind of issue is something we're going to, to be very mindful of as the legislature moves forward. Um, they're not business people, you know, that they're lawmakers. They're lawmakers and they're, they're, they're appropriators of, of funds. That's their primary function. Um, delving into this sort of thing to me is just, you know, it continues to frustrate. Um, and, and that was, you know, I guess that's what I would finish off with is that we really need to be more mindful of our Constitution. All right, gentlemen, I'd like to thank you both for your time and um, look forward to another day. Have a good night. Thank you. That's all I have for you this morning, and I hope it gets everyone thinking about our government. This is our government, and we get the government we have by not keeping our eyes on it. Phase 2, Spectra, and the Lidwood Casino are what we as a nation get when we don't keep an eye on our elected officials. When our candidates campaign for the legislature this time, they have to ask themselves, am I strong enough to say no when things are being done that are detrimental to the nation? As a legislator, Is this something that the legislature needs to be getting involved in? Your candidates are the first step in making sure that all the legislature's actions adhere to our Constitution and making sure that our nation moves forward.